What up, Telesales Beasts? Next up, I have Ian Moise. He drops wisdom bombs left and right in this episode, mostly because he's the type of leader who never stops learning and growing. He doesn't have an ego that keeps his sales reps from working with other sales coaches or training systems. He says we've all been on a different journey. So I say a closed mind is the most expensive thing you can have. So great job, Ian Moist. And I know this audience is going to have a lot to learn from you in this episode. This episode is sponsored by Stratosas, navigating the cloud without confusion. Stratosas helps contact centers make the right decisions with their cloud software because the wrong decision can cost them thousands, if not millions. By doing a proper discovery call around your desired outcome, Stratosas offers unbiased recommendations at zero cost to you. Learn more in the show notes. All right, let's get dialed in. You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. All right, my man, Ian, how's it going today? Good, Jake. Pleasure to spend some time with you this afternoon. Yeah, man, you too. Uh, So we connected recently on LinkedIn. We hit it off. And uh, for those that don't know, Ian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'll do it quick, right? Because no one wants the potted uh, history. (laughs) Um, But I'm... uh, I'm a sales leader at a cloud Salesforce telephony product called Natabox. I've been in sales for over 30 years, 25 or so of that in sales leadership positions, leading either I've done multiple, multiple startups. I've uh, been with a few through to exit where we've sold to larger firms. And I've also run pan-European large teams in large global um, software companies. So I've got a reasonable experience. And part of the benefit I get is I'm lucky enough to deal with a lot of different businesses and work with the sales teams. And I work with a number of sales body associations as a fellow and speak. And uh, so I get a lot of experience and shared knowledge from people in my sort of role in lots of different businesses, which makes it interesting. also means you're constantly learning and getting insight. Got it. So I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and you're going to share some insight today, man. Uh, So what are you most excited about right now? So right now, I think it's that uh, learning. Um, I mean, I've got my team and I've just put them through. We were recommended to a new sales coach. Um, And you think, right, and and this is one of the big things, I think, as a takeaway, no matter what your position in sales is, no matter how long you've been doing it, Mm -hmm. is there's always something to learn. Right. So, you know, I've gone through Bant, Spin, Scotsman, Tan, all the different methodologies, been doing sales leadership a long time, been out seeing customers a long time. And, you know, I've always thought there's always more to learn, but how much? And we had a sales coach come in and disrupt our way of thinking quite radically in terms of he talked about stuff we didn't never heard before. Right. And, And I sat in with my team and shared with them. There's nothing wrong with admitting we've been doing stuff wrong because you don't know what you don't know. And if no one's ever told you any different, you've been applying your skills and experience the best way you could on what you knew. Wow. If someone points something new out, 
you know, and I put my hand up and went, you know what? Oh, there's so many things I could have done differently. (laughs) And we're now doing that. Right. And and we certainly haven't learned all the techniques and stuff we got out of four days training. And and we're we're going to take a lot more now because we opened our eyes to salespeople. Most of us behave in a very similar way to each other. And the customer absorbs those patterns. So if you deal with 10 different salespeople, who's going to stand they're not going to be that much different there'll be maybe more practice someone ask better questions but pretty much they will follow the same flow what this is about is actually challenging that flow why do you need to follow the flow and being different and adding different value and insight to the client and and it works we've, we've been using some of these approaches and it's already paying dividends so that's the biggie i say is no matter how much you've learned no matter how much programmatic or habitual mm-hmm. Um, experience you've got be willing to change and listen to something new and and that comes along social selling is one of those that I talk about often right and people don't understand what that is and so don't use it is constantly reinvent yourself the buyer's changed the world's changed you know web 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 and review sites and social media go back 15 years you couldn't you you didn't have as much information at your fingertips about everything and everyone um so as a buyer we're all different now we've all we're all more informed we all think we know it all we all filter calls particularly for inside sales how hard is it now to get through to someone who who you want to get through to to have a conversation to identify if there's a relevant value to do business together compared to what was 15, 20 years ago. It's in, invariably much harder. Right. Yeah. The, the buyers more well-informed, like you talked about and by showing that you care, you know more about the buyer. Right. And so now it's, it's not about, you know, showing them how much you care, but, you know, any other means other than how much you already know about them prior to going to, into the discovery. So with that in mind, I love it because you said, pretty much just said, never stop learning and growing. And that's that's great because a lot of people in your position as sales directors, they have the, the ego, right? They're like, well, I'm not going to have anybody going to sales training. Why did you send them to those sales reps to sales training? I'm the sales leader. <laughs> so, Well, I've, I've, had, I've had worse than that, Jake. I've worked in companies before where I've wanted to bring in some expertise or, you know, uh, and I've got the, the question on me is, well, surely that says you don't know what you're doing. Well, you have to bring someone in. You can do it. And my answer is, I've only got the experience and knowledge from the journey I've been on, right? So, for example, the coach we bought in goes out and meets teams all over the world in different industries, in different sectors of different sizes and different cultures and has experience that I just don't have, not because I've done anything wrong and I'm not intelligent or clever, but I haven't had the experience they've had. It's the same yeah. as you get a tennis coach, right? You might be a great tennis player. You're telling me the great sports people don't have a coach or don't, they, they know it all, so they stop practicing. No, they don't, right? You've got to constantly challenge. You don't know what you don't know until someone tells you something you didn't know. And even if it's a marginal gain, if, you know, my view is if I go along to an event, a sales event, and I sit in a session for an hour, if I come out of there with one new idea that something small that I can now do, that I'm now 1% better every month, 
that helps my performance during the year, right? From an hour's contribution, I don't expect to go in and have an epiphany of, oh my gosh, there's 50 things that have just changed my world. If only we, what journey have you been on? You've not come across anything, but there's always someone you've been on a different journey, Jay. You'd have had a different experience. You've been in a different sales conversation than I've been in. And you may have a technique or something used. And I hear you say it and think, what a great way of phrasing it. I could use that. Great. I'm now a little bit better than I was yesterday. Right. Yeah. Uh, so personal development to me is, is really important. So as far as like uh, sales reps, um, a lot of companies now that you're, well, some companies now you're starting to see them give personal development stipends for them to be able to, even for themselves, beyond coaching. Because I think when we take care of the person, the sales take care, takes care of itself, right? So sure. um, with that in mind, what are some things that you might be doing? It seems like you might be the type of coach that has the same philosophy where you care more about the person and then in the word salesperson. So well, how- absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me give an easy one, right? As, as an acronym, I, I, I've been meaning to write a blog on this and I will get around to it and you will see it appear, but it's, um, you know, why you should yell at your employee, at your salesperson, right? And, and the yell is yearning, earning and learning. So it's lucky the words the words work together, right? But yeah. you know, and that's how I, I'm constantly appraising where are we at with the sales individual? Because my opinion is it's pretty simple. You can go through all these luxurious appraisals with sixty boxes and discussions and formulate, but all the time, and my team, anyone that listens to this podcast, go, yeah, yeah, ask that. Is I, I just grab them and go, right, yearning, yearning, where are you? yearning is do you enjoy coming to work yes there'll be some frustrations or a process or something that didn't go right or you had a bad day or the traffic there's always but overall do you enjoy do you enjoy what you're doing are you passionate is your dna in um you know i I, i'm enjoying this Mm -hmm. because if that's there your yearnings there right yeah, it's something That's you one can't of the put there. It's something we as sales coaches cannot put there, right? They have no, have and it's it. a mixture of your environment, yeah. everything around you. It's that intangible. You're having fun. More fun than bad, right? There's always going to be a negative, right? That's that's life. Right. Um, uh, are you so yearning? Earning, pretty obvious one. But but the question I ask is, are you um, earning what you want to be earning? Right? Are you being successful, uh, and or do you have visibility that it's coming? So it might be, hey, you just had a bad month for a quarter, right? That happens. No, any sales guy comes to an interview and says, I've never had a bad month, quarter, week, whatever. It's my life's perfect. Really? <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't control everything every, every time. Things don't. But I, can you see you're heading in the right direction? You know, I've just had a bad quarter, but, but I can, my pipe's great. I, I'm progressed in ops. Uh, my momentum's good. We're closer. Are you earning or you've got propensity, you believe, your belief is there, I'm going to earn. This is good. Tick box. Is it a tick or not? And what can we do about it if it's not? Because, you know, that's the second minute. And the, and the learning is, are you developing? Are you better now than you were six months ago, a year ago? Do you think you're developing through either my mentoring, the coaching we're bringing in, the sales associations we're a member, all the environment I've put you in, are you getting better? And my view is, if someone says, yeah, I enjoy coming to work, I'm earning, or I can see, I, you know, the, the, the tick box, and I'm, I'm learning, they ain't about to leave. But if one of those three has got a major function on a functional fault, you've got a problem you need to address, right? So if, for example, I'm earning money, uh, I am learning, but boy, do I hate coming to work. 
Yeah. What's it going to trigger? Or I love coming to work. I'm learning, but I'm earning nothing and I can't see how I'm going to earn money. Think about it. If one of those three pillars is failed, there is a risk factor. Yeah. So I always ask those three quite simply with them. I just chat it through, right? There's no illustrious grids or it's, it's something you can do all the time. You don't have to sit down and think I've got to do this every quarter. You just grab them when you've got a coffee or after a meeting, how are you doing on the three and get that. And I use that as a habitual thing. And I go earning, you know, I, they know the words and they know why I'm asking, but I'm checking in with you to make sure you're in a good place that's, we're supporting you. You're earning. And if all those three are good, do you know what? It does the business good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that, that's really good because um, something that I had uh, had gone through was I was earning and learning and I was top sales rep, but I was not happy. Right. Something was missing. And I was asking, I was like, how do I enjoy coming to work. I remember days where I used to love Mondays. Now they, I just don't look forward to them. Yep. So if, if I'm struggling like that, how do you go about helping me um, get to a place where I enjoy coming to work again or, or do you not? Maybe it's, it's too, it's too past, you know, <laughs> help at that well, point or, or how do you, how do you go about like, getting well, my to opinion on that? Jake, my, my first thought would be, firstly, it's identifying that and knowing it, that's happening, right? So too many, I think, people don't see it happening until someone resigns. Yeah. And then you find out, well, I didn't know that was happening. Well, that, that's a, a, a leadership fault that, how did you not know that was going on, right? If you're not asking the question and people don't feel comfortable in an open environment to share that, number one, so is knowing it. If you know that's the case, the first thing I want to understand is, well, why? Help, help me understand. Why do you think that is? Because it could be that the journey to work for you is particularly different, difficult at that time of day because you've got to drop the kids off and then that means you hit the worst traffic and it's a two-hour journey, et cetera. It could be yeah, that. It could, and it just yeah. kills you and you don't like the journey. So that, that, that's a totally different problem to solve than yeah. someone who doesn't like the product you're selling or the environment or the people they were. What is the problem? You've got to get to the core bottom of the problem to understand, is it something I can assist you with and support you with or is it not? Because if it's the culture is, well, we have to have you all in the office because if we don't and we let you work from home a certain period, then everyone else is going to want it and it breaks the culture, then you can't adjust it. Uh, but if it yeah. is, can you come in later that particular day of the week, but you work and do something else somewhere else? Therefore, we've shown flexibility to support you as a great employee who's hitting your numbers, but to remove that because you mentioned Monday, the first thing I'd have zoomed in on is, is that a Monday thing? Is it because of the traffic or tell me why? Oh, well, because I can't. It's understanding what is the, the, the root cause and then understanding, is that something the business can do something about or not? And sometimes, you know, sometimes it might not be, yeah. in which case, how do we help? You know, you're not doing us any favors long term. You're going to leave. Let's plan something in where we work together if you are going to off board, how we, how do we do this? Do we recruit someone and you're part of it? And there's no right or wrong answer. I don't think because there's so many, so much variance in, in what could be the cause of that issue, but it's one spotting it and two understanding what is the cause and is there something we can do about it together Yeah, yeah. that will help you in that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. It's, it's at least putting forth an effort to care enough to really try to get down to the root. And it sounds like you're the type of coach that you care enough. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's get down to the root. Let's see if, if it's even worth 
like fixing. And if not, then we can off board appropriately. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We, at least we can talk about it. Doesn't have to be a surprise. Yeah, um, for me, for me as a sales leader, recruiting is the most painful and, and risk part of the role. Right? I don't want to be recruit. Recruiting is I want to have good team on and let's spend time winning business not having to backfill, recruit someone, take the, there's always risk, no matter who you recruit, unless you recruit someone that's worked for you before, de-risk it to a degree, but it doesn't mean they're going to be successful in the new environment. Let's be honest, different product or whatever. Um, so you can de-risk it to a level, but there's always, always risk. And there's also time because you've got to onboard them. Even if it's a salesperson that's worked for you before and you know their safe hands, they won't know the product or service and the environment and et cetera, et cetera. So, there's always a ramp up period. You know, if you've yeah. got a good salesperson who's performing, it is a risk and a cost to change that. Yeah. So I, I you know, better preventative, you know, better uh, preventing it than trying to cure it. Right. Yeah. It's better to be uh, proactive than reactive. <laughs> and so with that in mind, I think that we as sales coaches or sales leaders, we also have to be mindful of a top, like how to manage a top performer too, because we can come off too smothering, um, you know, cause that one top, top rep, either we want to give them a lot of attention or we like want more out of them because we know they're capable and they have yep. the potential. So how do we come off in a way that we're not smothering, but we're supporting how do you go about doing that? Seems like you probably do. Well, well, well. The first thing for me is understanding the the individual. Everyone is different. Everyone, as I've said, has got a different experience, background, and journey they've been on. Um, and everyone also has hidden things going on, right? So you never know what's going on behind the scenes, whether that, that individual has got problems at home mm-hmm. or something going on that they're not talking about. Um, so so there's a, it's complex, right? Because you're dealing with a human being, right. which is a big variable on, on every level. <laughs> yeah. And it's a variable that changes over, over time, depending on what's happening in their life and, um, and this sort of thing. So for me, the danger of, of a top performer is as you describe, is one of the two extremes. Either you leave them alone and let them get away with everything, which sets a bad example for them. And I've seen this environment where a top performer can do whatever they like because they're over their number. Um, and perhaps they've had a lucky deal and that, and that customer keeps re, you know, reordering and they've blown the number. So they're not even pushing themselves. And I've seen top performers get quite lazy because the money's coming in tick. And guess what? They go and I've seen a top performer leave before because they're earning the money, but they see that drying up, but they haven't built their pipe. They haven't been learning because they've just been living off the back of that success. Yeah. And when that success starts to dry up, they realize actually I've got nothing lined up. I'm not, I'm not enjoying it. It's not been fun because nothing's been challenging them because the manager has left them or the leader has let, left them on their own devices because they're doing the number. Let's go and focus on the ones that aren't performing. And that's really dangerous because the one that is performing, as you've said, you know, you need to work with them. Can they perform even further? And I think some of that is down to the compensation package you put in place, right? To incent um, overachievement. If you've got something that once you overachieve those accelerators, there's every incentive, therefore, to push harder and harder and further and further because you get rewarded more and more and more. So part of it is the incentive program and how it goals the behaviors of the individuals in sales. Part of it is 
um, the sales leader and how they recognize the personality style of that individual and they work with them. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking, how do you want to be managed? What works for you? Yeah. Because I don't want to micromanage you, but likewise, you understand I've got, I've got a role to play in the business where I've got accountability for all of you. And I always say to my team, my job is to get all of you to be successful and overachieve target, all of you. Nice. And to earn as much money as you possibly can. That is my job. And to remove yeah. obstacles and point you in the right direction and to challenge you so that you can be better at what you do. And sometimes that'll be asking questions that might be dumb questions, but make you think differently. Um, have you asked the customer this? Have you asked this? And it's not questioning. And it, so it's, I think it's a lot of it is building that relationship and rapport that the individual knows where you're coming from and that it's not personal. It's we're working as a team. And when I'm questioning you, it's to help you understand the white space in that opportunity. And if there is white space, you go away with three questions out of 10 going, I didn't know, I don't know great. You're in a good place. I haven't caught you out. It's not to trap you. It's not to prove you wrong. It's that you now have three questions to go and investigate with the client that are amber flags or unknowns that you hadn't thought of. And that's the value I've just added to you. And it's not because I'm clever or more experienced. It's because I asked, we're two different people. You might have asked five questions I wouldn't ask. And I might have asked three that you didn't ask. But yeah. combined, we're better, right? And I often do joint visits with, 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 with guys to show, you know what, I know what I'm doing at the street level. I'm still hands-on and I'll add value in that meeting. I'll ask some questions and get you more information so you can win. And the game is if you win more, you earn more and we both win, right? So it, it's having that, it, it, I think it's the approach you take um, and how you build that rapport and relationship with your salespeople that they understand and you tell them what your role is and why you're doing it and you understand how they want to be managed and how they, so you, so you find your you find your mantra together that works and that's for me where you get salespeople that stay and stay with you a long time i've got i'm very proud that i've got many many salespeople who've worked for me two or three times in different companies and i don't employ people you don't bring salespeople in if you're a good leader that have failed right and aren't good and aren't performed because you've got a number to hit but likewise right. they don't want to work for you Mm -hmm. if they're not learning supported and they're earning more they don't come back right exactly oh man so ian you uh you dropped a lot of nuggets brought a lot of value here today man i appreciate your time where can people find you Sure. Um, a couple of easy places. And there's a personal branding tip here that makes it really easy. Is <laughs> If you go to ianmoyse, I-A-N-M-O-Y-S-E.co.uk or ianmoyse.cloud, that will take you to two of my primary social accounts. You don't have to go and search for me. That will take you straight to my profiles. Awesome, Ian. I appreciate your time today. Jake, thank you very much. Vince Lombardi said it best. Praise in public, but criticize in private. Only time you should yell at an employee is using Ian's method of yell. Y-E-L. Let's say it. Y-E-L. Yell. Yearning, earning, and learning. Those are some powerful pillars that everyone should adopt to boost their company culture. Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. 
Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time.